Truly, I tell you, the tax collectors and the prostitutes are entering the kingdom of God ahead of you. Good morning, Christian America. This statement from Jesus is a warning. It's a warning to the people to whom he's speaking with, but it's also a warning about us, about following his commandments, going uh, astray instead of following his guidance and the spirit of the law that Jesus gives us, that he brings to us. It's, call, it's a call for us to repent. It's a call to obedience. There are many people walking around in 2020 pretending to do the right thing. They're saying all the right words, but they are not truthful in their actions, and Jesus knows it. And his response here today tells us point blank that we have work ahead of us to do. And it is indeed the work that we do which counts. So let's get right into the word this morning. Good morning, Christian America. And good morning, Christian America. Eddie here, as always, representing the Christian American community and the Christian American T-shirt company coming to you today as we come to you on every Friday to end the week with a portion of educational, thought-provoking scripture in undiluted form, straight from the good book itself, straight, you know, straight all out of the out of the book, verbatim, word for word. Uh, so where you can see and hear and listen for yourself what scripture says, and I'm going to read it to you. Then I'm going to show it to you so you can see it for yourself. And then what we'll do is we'll discuss what preceded this passage in which uh, we, we talked about last week and the week before that. And then we'll discuss the larger context that's taking place in Jesus's ministry at this time. And lastly, and probably most importantly, we try to focus on the lessons that are provided to us by scripture that we can use that we can use, that come from Jesus to inform us, to lead us, to guide us in our daily lives and become better people, become better Christians, try to become more Christ-like in our own actions. And so we're going to do that today. So let's start uh, with today's passage out of the book of Matthew, chapter 21, verse 28. So verse 28 says, what do you think? A man had two sons. He went to the first and said, my son, go to work in the vineyard today. He answered him, I don't want to, but later changed his mind and he went. Then the man went to the other son and said the same thing. I will, sir, he said, but he didn't go. Which of the two did his father's will? They said the first. And Jesus said to them, truly, I tell you, tax collectors and prostitutes, are entering the kingdom of God before you. For John came to you in the way of righteousness, and you didn't believe him. Tax collectors and prostitutes did believe him. But you, when you saw it, didn't even change your minds then and believe him. Well, so what is in the context in which this passage comes to us today? Now, this is Matthew chapter 21. Uh, and in Matthew chapter 21, it starts with Jesus entering into the city of Jerusalem as a king, being praised as a king. Hosanna in the highest. It's, you know, Palm Sunday. They're waving uh, branches and celebrating his entry into the city. This is the 
the coming to the twilight of Jesus's ministry. He comes into the city and he starts to set things right. Right after all the praising, he goes, he, he sets things in motion. And it's the last waning days of his earthly ministry. And he's going to make his impact or he is making his impact felt on the entire city. And so what does he do? The first thing he does is he cleanses the temple of the money changers that are robbing the faithful of their hard-earned wages. And he chastises them for pretending to perform a valuable service when they're actually only servicing themselves. They are enriching themselves and enriching the leaders who allow them into the temple in the very first place. What happens then is that he leaves the city. He goes out to the, to the city of Bethany and he spends the night out there. He sees a fig tree. And we talked about this maybe three weeks ago. He sees a fig tree and that has all the outwardly markings, all the characteristics of a regular fig tree. But when observed closely, when Jesus is hungry for fruit, the tree is actually barren. It provides nothing of any substance. And once again, it's portraying something of purpose, but providing nothing of value. And so then Jesus enters what he, he withers that fig tree and it dies immediately. And then he enters back into the city and he's teaching his disciples and the elders and the religious leaders, which we talked about last week, they, they come to question him. They, they come to question his authority. They try to embarrass him. These individuals are just like the money changers. They are just like the fig tree. They are outwardly holy. They put on a show for the people around them. They have all the outwardly markings of someone who is holy. They have the title, they have the clothing, they have the mannerisms, they have the education. And, but when Jesus goes on to show them that they have no authority and they have no authority because the world and its trappings have made them cold, they bear no fruit. They only pretend to do a service for others because they only serve themselves. Now, I encourage you to go back the past few weeks through the Good Morning Christian America Friday podcast in which we discuss what precedes today's chapter to understand the context in which Jesus is speaking at this point when he's, when he's engaging in this conversation and he brings up the parable of the two sons to make a point to the religious leaders to rebuke them and all their words and all their talk as opposed to bearing good fruit through your actions and we take each one of those portions of matthew chapter 21 and we break them down a little bit further and you'll be able to see the conclusions uh that i just kind of briefly laid out for you uh, but but it's in this context in which jesus's ministry that today's passage comes to us and he provides us this parable of two sons one son turns away from the father's wishes okay who denies he denies the father's wishes when approached when the father comes to the first son he asks him to do the work that he's called to do and then son number one disappoints the father in his words and his response 
he seems selfish in his response. He isn't interested in actually helping the father, so it seems. He isn't interested in listening to the father. He's got his own plans for his own time. And I think we've all been there. We've been approached to do something good, to help someone, to help a friend, to help a family member, to help a loved one, just to do the right thing. Sometimes it's to help a stranger, those who have little, whatever the case may be. And when, we, when it comes to us immediately, our knee-jerk reaction is, I ain't got time for that. I have my own problems. I have my own bills. I have my own obligations. I have my own children, whatever it is. We tend to respond like son number one. He has his own plans for his own time. But upon second thought, assuredly after some reflection and, and, and contemplation uh, about his role in this family, his responsibility as a son and his role in the vineyard, what his requirements are, what his duty is, where his loyalties should lie. He recognizes the error in his ways. He recognizes the error in his knee-jerk response. And then he gets up off of his backside and he goes out into the vineyard and he proceeds to work as his father wishes. Then he proceeds to fulfill the duties in which he is called to fulfill. And it wasn't easy just like it isn't easy for us. There's a reason why the snap reaction took place. But recognition of the error drove him to do the right thing, to come back to what his father called him to do. It wasn't easy and it probably didn't happen right away. But the point is, is that he wised up and whatever came to him in that period of reflection and encouraged him to respond to the father's wishes as he was supposed to, as we are all supposed to, as the entire Christian com American community is supposed to, we, we got to realize that although you might not always come to the correct decision the first time around for a variety of reasons, we need to know that there is always room for us to turn back towards God's commandments. Would it be better for us to come to the correct decision the first time around to to respond as mary responded to the angel gabriel as elijah responded as samuel responded here i am lord immediately make that determination immediately make that decision absolutely it would be but that just isn't always the case because we are fallen men and women we make mistakes over and over and over again and sometimes it takes us quite a while before we recognize the error in our ways. The most important thing is that we reflect on the, on the work that our Father in heaven has called us to do and the work that he's laid out in advance for us to do based on the gifts of the Holy Spirit that he has provided us. We all have a place in his kingdom we all have a duty to follow him and do the works in which he's called us to do that he's set aside for us to do and we meet that challenge and obey his wishes now let's get to the second son the second son says all the right things he's the first one he jumped right up 
right after his father asked him to go to work. Yes, sir, I will. That's what scripture says. Yes, sir, I will. From the outside, from anyone watching this exchange, the father himself, maybe, this probably seems like a good sign. The number one, uh, the son number two, seems to seems like he's got it all figured out. He's He makes everyone happy. He makes the father happy right away with his words, I'm sure. Now, it doesn't go on to say whether the, the father was skeptical or not, but he asked him to do something and he said that he would. And I say that again, he made it seem with his words that everything was just fine, that he was going to do what he said. Because uh, he says he was going to do as he was told. But scripture goes on to say that he actually does nothing. It says that he does not do what the father wanted. He is portraying something, once again, that he is not. And just as you heard how Jesus corrected the money changers, and you heard how Jesus corrected or, or the fig tree or withered the fig tree away, right? Instead of fooling people from the outside, pretending that it had figs, he just went ahead and made it wither away and die. And so he brings this example to the Pharisees who are standing in front of him, who are questioning his authority, specifically about John, who preceded him. And he's making the point that you can stand there in your pretty robes and your big hat and your prestigious position in the community. You can accept gifts from people that are, you know, a lesser stature in the community. You may be able to say all the right things. You may be able to portray someone who is holy, someone who is doing God's work, someone who is divine or divinely inspired. But the truth is, is that you bear no fruit. You too are pretending to service other people while only serving yourselves, your greed, your ego, your stature. You are a fallen individual. These people who portray themselves as holier than thou are doing the exact opposite of what God wants. These are the hypocrites that Jesus calls them a few times in scripture. They're not any better than anyone else. They're not, they not more holy than anyone else. They are simply enriching themselves. They are serving themselves. And that is one of the points that this parable that Jesus provides us today. The second point of this parable gives us some insight into the value of that, that God places on actual work, on actual action, as opposed to words and rhetoric. If we were only going by words, the second son did all the right things. If we were only going by words and outward appearances, the fig tree would have been just fine. Just leave it alone. The money changers would have been left alone. But God cares very little about your words. He cares very much about your deeds. Now, I'm not saying he doesn't care about your words because Jesus tells us also uh, that it, it's what comes out of our mouth that defiles us. So he does care about your words. But as opposed to action and doing what the Lord wants, when someone is standing in front of you and tells you all the right things, when even our politicians stand on stage and they tell you everything that you want to hear, but it's what they do that actually matters. It's how they act that actually matters. And because everything is political now, it's how they vote that actually matters. When you go to a friend 
and ask for help. And he says, sure, I'll help you. Oh, can you help me move this couch? Yeah, yeah. What time do you need me there? I need you there at seven in the morning. Okay, seven in the morning. You're waiting. You're looking at your watch and you're going, where's he at? 7.30, 8 o'clock comes, 8.30. You give him a call. Hey, man, you know, I thought you were going to help me. Oh, man, I couldn't do it. I'm sorry. Uh, I should have let you know I forgot. Like, thanks a lot. Those are words versus actions. I would rather have somebody who maybe at first glance goes, man, I can't help you. At least they're honest, but then would then come to the realization that they have a duty in the community into as a friend, as a brother in Christ to be there at seven to help me anyway. Which would you rather have? I would rather have that person. We cannot be a hypocritical community. We cannot be hypocrites in our faith life. Our faith as Christian Americans should drive us to the decisions that we make and the actions that we partake. We cannot, we should not, and I personally will not allow the world to dictate my faith. I, for one, will trust in my faith, in my God, and I will drive, and it will drive me in my own actions and in my values and in my beliefs. And if we know something is wrong, we must stand against it. We must speak against it. We must act against it. And because it seems, again, that politics kind of runs everything in this nation, we must also vote against it. Not once, not twice, but every time. And at every opportunity that we have to combat the wrongs of this world, the things that go against our faith and our values, we must act. And Jesus's words here are clear. The one who acts, the one who does the work, the one to promote the faith, to follow his father's guidance, to do the right thing. He is the one who is blessed, no matter where you started, no matter what you said before, but when the rubber meets the road, you are the one who turns towards the Father and do what he asks us to do, what he has called us to do, or not because Jesus says, truly I tell you, the tax collectors and the prostitutes are entering the kingdom ahead of you. If you are not willing to act and follow your Father in heaven and do his will, you have no more excuses. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, we ask that you have a blessed week. Um, you know, we ask that we continue to follow us and share us and all of our content and all the social media platforms. But we also want to give a, a, a special, um, you know, blessing to those that are struggling throughout this entire pandemic time. There's a lot of uh, not only sickness, but the the, the, the results of this economic slowdown are now starting to hit families and people are struggling to pay their rent. People are struggling to pay their bills. People are struggling to buy food. And, and, and that now is becoming the focus of a lot of, uh, uh, of, of a lot of eyes and ears across this country, across this world. Uh, true, true. We want everybody to continue to be safe, but we also, you would ask that you say prayers for, for those that are struggling to meet, uh, to make their ends meet during this time. Um, a lot of people have not been prepared financially or, or you know, through their employment for something like this. This is a, a very rare event. Uh, we ask that you keep them in your prayers. They, they are in our prayers. We wish them all the best. 
um, if you have a chance to help your fellow neighbors, your fellow brothers and sisters in Christ, and maybe even those who, uh, or especially those who maybe not uh, put their faith life uh, at the forefront of their own lives, maybe that don't believe in God, that don't you know believe in Christ as our Savior, reach out and help them during this time as well, because Lord knows they need it. They need it just the same. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, you guys have a blessed weekend. Get out there and get some sunshine if it's if the sun is shining where you're at. And hopefully, you know, this uh, pandemic, this crisis will pass soon enough. And then we can get back to the new life with an inspired, uh, faith-driven focus uh, in the near future. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, until we see each other on Monday, you guys stay on fire for Christ. Stay blessed. Good morning, Christian America.